How does a startup reach that envied unicorn status? It's a journey that involves relentless marketing, I'd say. And sales. Definitely sales. Without sales, the growth is capped. Okay, let's pitch this. Assume we're on an elevator. Ready? Absolutely. Let's go for it. We are an AI-driven media company revolutionizing how stories are told in the digital era. Our platform streamlines content creation through our proprietary algorithms and makes it accessible to creators globally. To add, our platform's AI capabilities understand the end user's preferences, tailoring personalized media experiences and increasing engagement rates by 300%. And finish with, with our double-digit monthly growth and increasing market share, we're on a trajectory to transform the media landscape. That's how it's done. SEO. It's one thing startups tend to sidestep forgetting that it's not a monolith strategy, rather, a collective whole. Right. Search engine optimization isn't a quick-fix strategy. It's an ongoing process that needs to be tailored and fine-tuned according to the market and target audience. Actually, hold on a second. From a design perspective, how does SEO tie into that? It's tied to the UX and UI elements. Creating a clean, intuitive, and user-friendly website not only helps retain customers, but also aids in organic SEO results. With that being said, it's of equal value to discuss email marketing, often underrated, but a highly efficient tool when used effectively. Precisely, Chris. Leveraging automated email funnels assist in both customer acquisition and retention. It's not spam, rather a targeted engagement strategy. How about social media and content marketing? Well-executed content and social media strategies can be potent lead generators. It's about compelling narratives that resonate with specific customer personas. But here's the kicker, influencer marketing. It's fascinating how it has morphed into a digital marketing staple. It has pros and cons, like any other strategy. When it aligns with the brand and is carried out authentically, it can generate impressive results. Absolutely. Strategy selection would, of course, hinge on your target demographic and overall marketing objective. Despite our focus on digital marketing, offline strategies are still relevant. Do you guys still see value in traditional marketing channels? Yes, definitely. Traditional media still plays a critical role in building brand awareness. Also, for certain target demographics, print or TV ads might be the core channel to reach them. Absolutely. And let's not forget about the role of direct marketing, often overlooked yet very impactful. I've seen startups create successful campaigns using direct mail, brochures, or even promotional products. True. Direct marketing can be more personal, and if done right, it can make a lasting impression. Events are another critical tool in the offline marketing toolbox, right? Hosting or sponsoring events can also boost brand awareness and customer engagement. I see. What about PR and media relations? Olivia, do you think that PR still holds its weight in startup marketing? Honestly, I think the benefit of PR for startups is debatable. It entirely depends on the nature of the startup and its objectives. If you're aiming for brand exposure, it could work. However, if conversion is your main goal, the return on investment might not be as great. It seems we're split on the value of PR for startups. Like everything else, it all boils down to the specific need of the startup and if the potential benefit worths the effort and expense invested. Jiwoo, you've mentioned cold and warm calling strategies in the past. Can you share with our audience how these strategies differ? Certainly, Chris. 
In cold calling, you're reaching out to someone who you've had no prior contact with. It's pretty much a blind outreach. On the other hand, with warm calling, you have some form of prior connection to the person. Perhaps they've interacted with your brand online, or maybe they're a referral from an existing customer. That's an interesting distinction. Thanks for sharing, Jiwoo. Chris, you've brought up cross-selling and upselling before. Could you explain those two strategies and how they might be leveraged in, say, a B2B environment? Sure thing, Olivia. Cross-selling is suggesting complementary products to a customer's existing purchase, whereas upselling is encouraging a customer to buy a more expensive version of an item they are considering. In a B2B environment, you might upsell by highlighting the enhanced features, better performance, or greater capacity of the higher-priced product. Cross-selling, on the other hand, could involve suggesting additional services, such as maintenance and support, that enhance the value of the original purchase. I've always found practices like cross-selling and upselling fascinating. But how do these tactics differ for B2C? B2C upselling and cross-selling can be more personalized. For example, let's utilize data on consumer behavior to make personalized recommendations. Imagine a fashion e-commerce platform that knows customer preferences. It can suggest higher quality items or complementing accessories based on their browsing and purchase history. That makes sense. So basically... No matter B2B or B2C, the goal of these strategies is to increase the average transaction value and build loyalty by enhancing the customer experience. Well, talking about marketing campaigns, do you remember the infamous Fire Festival debacle? It serves as a classic example of a marketing failure. Absolutely, Olivia. Fire Festival is a prime example of what light packaging and heavy marketing can do. Their marketing was extraordinary, leveraging influencer capabilities to its maximum. It's just that the product, or in this case the festival, was a dud. I agree, but they surely did create an amazing hype. Their marketing strategy was something to learn from. It's just that they couldn't deliver the promised experience. Exactly, Jiwoo. That's the key lesson. There needs to be coherence between what you're marketing and the actual end product or service. Otherwise, all the hype will blow up, causing a devastating impact on both the company's reputation and customer loyalty. Let's shift gears to a successful case study, Airbnb. They have managed localization brilliantly. Remember the Live There campaign specifically designed for Asian markets? Yes, they localized their global campaign featuring locally recognized celebrities to connect with local audience. Airbnb successfully managed to communicate the feeling of living like a local rather than the generic touristy experience in their advertisements. So the takeaway is, while creativity and creating hype is important, it's equally crucial to deliver what you promise. Moreover, locality matters. Tailoring your campaigns to respect and reflect local cultures will boost your appeal in international markets. Partnerships can be a great growth accelerator for startups. For example, a startup might partner with a more established company to leverage their resources or credibility. I couldn't agree more, Jiwoo. One strategic partnership can provide access to a whole new segment of customers. It can also provide the startup with valuable resources. Look out for synergies when considering a partnership. That's a valuable point, Chris. But how about affiliate marketing? Yes, thank you for bringing that up, Olivia. Affiliate marketing often gets overlooked but can be a powerful tool to drive growth. 
It's a type of performance-based marketing where a business rewards one or more affiliates for each visitor or customer brought by the affiliate's own marketing efforts. That's a great repository of growth, but we should also discuss the value of webinars and podcasts like ours. Absolutely. One of the major perks of webinars and podcasts is their format. They help form a great engagement channel and forge a personal connection with the audience, hence improving customer retention. What's even more fascinating is when you combine these strategies like we have done, a podcast discussing growth strategies and marketing channels. It's a fantastic method to educate and engage your audience simultaneously. What's the importance of performance metrics in marketing strategies? Their role is paramount, Olivia. From tracking the effectiveness of your marketing campaigns to gaining insight into your customers' behavior, performance metrics provide a wealth of actionable data. So can you share some key metrics that startups should keep a close eye on? Absolutely. One of the first metrics is the Customer Acquisition Cost, CAC. This is the total cost spent on acquiring a new customer, divided by the number of customers acquired. You want to keep this as low as possible. High acquisition costs can quickly become unsustainable. That makes sense. But you don't want to acquire customers cheaply if they don't stick around, right? That's absolutely correct, Jiwoo. This is where Customer Lifetime Value, CLTV, comes into play. It's an estimated amount of revenue a customer will generate for your business over their lifetime of being a customer. I guess it's crucial to understand the balance between these two metrics. Definitely. If the cost to acquire a new customer, CAC, is more than the revenue they'll generate, CLTV, you're running a losing race. Ultimately, you want the CLTV to significantly exceed the CAC. I've also heard about something called churn rate. What's that? Churn rate is the percentage of users who stop using your product over a given period. High churn is generally bad news. It's far cheaper to retain existing customers than to acquire new ones. So, monitoring this metric closely is critical. What strategies can a startup use to reduce high churn rates, Chris? Engagement is key, Olivia. Frequent communication, excellent customer service, and delivering ongoing value through your product are just a few strategies. Ultimately, your marketing efforts should aim to attract the right customers from the start, those who will see and benefit from the value your product offers. Reviewing a startup's marketing strategy always stretches our analytic muscles. Today we're examining Sprocket Corporation a tech startup specializing in AI-powered data analytics. Let's dive in. Chris, what are your thoughts on Sprocket's digital marketing strategy? From what I've studied, I think Sprocket has done an excellent job emphasizing their unique selling propositions in their digital marketing. Their AI technology, cutting-edge algorithms, and claims of improved business efficiency are prominently featured across their website and social media. Could they communicate more tangibly about their technology? Perhaps. But overall, they are solid online. Yes, I noticed their visual content is quite impactful. However, they could utilize design thinking more to improve their website's user experience. From my perspective, it looks a bit cluttered. I'd have to agree, Jiwoo. While their SEO game seems strong, their website's usability could be better. How about their offline marketing strategies, Chris? Well, Olivia... It's a little harder to measure offline strategies without knowing their returns. But from press releases and events they've conducted, I'd say they're missing the mark slightly. They could need to further capitalize on PR and direct marketing. How they craft their story could also be honed better to connect with consumers more effectively. I was also thinking about their sales strategy. 
Chris, you've noticed something intriguing about their approach. Right, Jiwu. They seem to focus more on inbound marketing rather than direct sales, providing value through content and attracting customers organically. A good approach, but they might want to consider incorporating certain direct sales techniques for boosting conversions. In essence, it's clear that Sprocket does well in many areas, with scope for improvement in offline marketing, user experience, and sales. But they're definitely making strides, which can be inspiring for other startups. Looking at the latest trends, AI and machine learning are transforming the marketing landscape. They offer new ways to gather and analyze customer data, which can lead to more personalized and effective marketing strategies. Couldn't agree more, Chris. Personalization is definitely the word of the day when it comes to modern marketing. With the right tools, marketers can tailor campaigns specifically to individual customers, improving responses and strengthening customer loyalty. Don't forget about augmented reality and virtual reality. These technologies are still in their infancy, but they're starting to have an impact on marketing. However, I'm not exactly sure how brands can use them to their advantage. Can you guys explain? Sure, Jiwoo. AR and VR can be leveraged to create engaging, interactive experiences for consumers. Imagine being able to virtually try on a pair of shoes before buying them online, or seeing how a new piece of furniture would look in your home before making a purchase. That's true. But all of this requires access to the right tools. Some of my recommendations for startups would include using CRMs like Salesforce or HubSpot for customer relationship management, and tools like Trello or Asana for project management. And for automation in marketing, tools like Marketo or MailChimp are quite popular. Even Google Analytics is a must to keep an eye on your digital marketing metrics. Remember, the right tools can make a big difference, but knowing how to use them effectively is what really counts.